You are listening to the Be The Bridge podcast with Latasha Morrison. How are you guys doing today? It's exciting. Each week, Be The Bridge podcast tackles subjects related to race and culture with the goal of bringing understanding. But I'm going to do it in the spirit of love. We believe understanding can move us toward racial healing, racial equity, and racial unity. Latasha Morrison is the founder of Be The Bridge, which is an organization responding to racial brokenness and systemic injustice in our world. This podcast is an extension of our vision to make sure people are no longer conditioned by a racialized society, but grounded in truth. If you have not hit the subscribe button, please do so now. Without further ado, let's begin today's podcast. Oh, and stick around for some important information at the end. Hello, Be The Bridge family. Once again, I am Tandria Potts, and I am here to set up a wonderful blast from the past. Many of you have been tracking with Be The Bridge podcast since the beginning, but a lot of you have recently joined us, and we are so grateful that you tune in each week. We're going back a bit to represent an episode from an earlier season. Make sure you stay until the end because I'll have some information that I'm sure you'll want to know. With that said, enjoy. Um, this shouldn't be a surprise, but this is in honor of our anniversary edition. Yes, Be The Bridge is four years old, and I wanted to talk to a few people that were there from the beginning. So I have Miss Jenny Allen. And um, something new that's added to her um, bio, and I just got to read this to you guys. Jenny Allen is the New York Times bestseller <laughs> of Get Out of Your Head, the founder and visionary of If Gathering. She is a passionate leader following God's calling on her life to catalyze a generation <laughs> of women to live what they believe. Um, Jenny has a master's in biblical studies from Dallas Theological Seminary and lives in Dallas, Texas with her husband, Zach, and their four children. Thank you, Jenny, for joining us. Oh, girl, this is so fun. Congratulations, Tasha. And I cannot believe it's been four years. It's been I cannot believe years. that. I know. Does it seem longer or shorter? It seems way shorter, but at the same yeah. time, so much has happened. Yeah. So in that regard, it feels like we've been doing this forever, if gathering and be the bridge. But, but gosh, I mean, it also feels like yesterday we were in our first little, you know, gathering of, of our. I know circle. we did, yeah, and we didn't like. It's funny how you you hesitated on that because it had no name. There was it no did. name. <laughs> there was no what name. Did we call it. Yeah, we just call and it the circle. There, <laughs> yeah, and then there's been so many names since. So I'm like, what's the current name? But anyway, it was it was just our little circle, and it was totally organic. And man, did God use it. And then from there, um, once I formed an organization, then we started calling it. Um, be the bridge groups, but our group originally there was no such thing as be the bridge, and so our group originally was just the circle. Mm -hmm. Yep, <laughs> I know. And I mean, time flies, and we started meeting um, back in 2014. Okay, 2014. Yeah, which is crazy because that's the year that if gathering started. Okay, let's. Go, I want you to tell back the story. To tell me. Yeah. Okay. I want I want to tell you a story. How do we meet? How do we meet? 
I love it. These all these all these um, stories are so good, and they have two perspectives. You know, like Tasha's perspective and mine that are very different. Um, <laughs> my first memory of you is with the tacos. Did we meet before that at If Gathering? Tell me, tell me that story, or, or you tell me your side of the story. No, no. <laughs> okay, so I tell the story, and you said that how we met, that we both have our own versions of how we met. Okay, so I this okay, just just let me just be honest. There are a lot of ladies in Austin named Jen. And Jenny <laughs> and Jennifer. <laughs> and so, it was a popular name in the 70s yes. and 80s. And yeah. so I was getting confused at which Jenny or Jen, who was Jenny <laughs> or Jen. Uh, but I actually met you personally um, for the first time after the first if gathering at that luncheon that we had. Yep. And so yeah, that, that was that the part first meeting. Okay, okay, so yes. that part's just we're on track so far. Okay, yes, except now, okay, so I didn't know you were going to be there though. So right. my my friend Kim was like, "Hey Jenny, I have heard that you want if gathering to be diverse and that you care about that, and mm-hmm. I'd love to go to lunch with you and tell tell you about my experience." And maybe she said she'd bring a friend or something, but I did not expect <laughs> what I showed up to. So. It was like five of y'all and me. Yeah, yeah. We did the gang up. Yeah, we did yeah. the gang up. <laughs> yeah. But I'll tell you, and my heart kind of sank when I got there because I thought, I mean, let's be real. I knew I was not doing a good job. The If Gathering was not doing a good job. And gosh, I mean, still, I cannot <laughs> claim that we are doing a good job. We've got so far to go. So I knew it was going to be interesting. But what I didn't know is, one, that we would have so much fun and that it would be such, I would just, it would be so life-giving to me. And then right. two, that you all would roll up your sleeves and say, we want to help. And that was the thing that I couldn't believe. And I walked out with a new sisterhood. You guys had this dream of pulling together, you know, I think it was Kim Patton originally saying, hey, let's meet after this mm-hmm. and let's, let's do this little group together. And I think we called it a reconciliation circle or... A- we didn't, we were calling it the circle. We just really said, let's... Yeah. Let, I think actually you you said I would love to get some of my and this is kind of what um, sparked yeah. the conversation yeah. after we talked and you heard our experiences. First of all, I was around that and you you know you came over and you sat down. We had lunch and then you said I would love like this has been so good. Um, I would love to yeah. get um, some of my friends together with you. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, it was, it was so good. And I did genuinely want to see if gathering go in this direction and Mm -hmm. I did not know how to do it. And I knew that. And so it was, yeah, it was the beginning of something super special. And we, we kind of all invited people and, and our group was pretty amazing. And we started meeting, was it once a month? Yeah, we were meeting like once or twice a month. We were we would kind of mix it up between social meetings and then also um, we were meeting at the African American Culture Center in um, Austin. And so we would meet to have a session, but we had no curriculum. It was no plan. You know, we were just kind of talking um, and, you know, and we had some poignant questions that we would talk about um, for the first like couple months. And then mm-hmm. we went out for, 
happy hours a couple of times, mm-hmm. lunch, you know, just did, we wanted to get to know each other outside of our profession. But the, I think the key thing about that, we didn't talk about, nobody spoke about what they did outside of the group. Mm, that's so true. And yeah, I, I didn't know half the ladies there and what they did. But it was a power team. <laughs> yes, it was. It was. It just so it, happened. Almost everyone there had different yeah. realms that they were leading in. And yeah. And I think, but I but I think it it blew us away. And I just remember so many um amazing conversations that began to change my life those first few months. But all of this for context for everybody listening happened before Ferguson. And yes. I bet it's hard for people to remember life before Ferguson. So why don't you, Tasha, just talk about what Ferguson meant and why that was significant that we were meeting prior to that? I know. Look at you. Like, wait a minute. You, I'm interviewing you. <laughs> You're not interviewing well, I you. can't answer that. And I wonder what you'd say. I can't answer that because I know nothing was, nothing was literally different, right? I mean... It was, I think the thing, what we were having conversations, this Ferguson allowed us to have a more, even more tangible conversation. We were really talking about life experiences, Um, but really Ferguson allowed us to tap into the lenses that we were seeing the world through, you know, and then it allowed us to tap into the racial disparities, you know, um, that, you know, the systemic issues that um, that caused some of the issues that we were seeing. And so it allowed us to have a deeper conversation. I don't know. I think we, I, I don't know if we would have gone as deep um, if Ferguson would not have happened. Like what, what for you during this time stands out the most? Like what, what's, what stands out the most for you? Well, so many things. For one, mm-hmm. I came in very naive, even though I had done a lot of training for adoption in this world. So my my youngest mm-hmm. son is from Rwanda and is African-American. And so I'd done a lot of the white privilege training through that process. Praise God, whoever, uh, I can't remember what, you know, what agency we use, but, but they did train us somewhat. So mm-hmm. I had read in this this field and all that, but I was so naive. And I, I think the the experience at that point, um, prior to it hitting the news and everything, was was an awakening for sure. And I mm-hmm. look at Ferguson, and I specifically remember I, I I have a vivid memory of all of us being on the floor. I don't know if we were praying or why we were sitting on the floor, <laughs> but I remember like looking into several of your eyes, and it was different. There was some mm-hmm. grief and sadness that. I remember seeing in you and over you guys when you would talk about what was happening. And I remember just, I remember thinking like the ground had shifted. And and that's why I ask you that question because I still don't know to you how the ground shifted. I know for me, it was the beginning of the world waking up, the white world. You know, I, I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't think it was a secret um, to people of color that the world needed to wake up. But I think what, what Ferguson and and the ongoing media stories did in the years following just continued to show that there was a massive problem and that we weren't as far along as we wanted to think as a country. That time for me is, I think we we explained 
um, probably why we approach a situation like that um, as a related to systemic police um, brutality from the lens that we were looking at it from and the lens that that community was looking at it from. Because for a lot of people, that was the first time that something like this maybe had been caught on video or that it touched um, the world in that sense where, um, you know, our grandparents and um, our, you know, parents have been talking about this for decades and centuries. And so, but I think this was, you know, one of those instances that where um, video, um, you were actually seeing video. And I mm. think it was, this one was different even from um, Trayvon and um, and a few others that happened in New York, even like early, you know, 10 years prior, um, where, you know, phone video was seen. And I think, you know, when we start, you know, when we attach to anything being a collective um, group, a lot of times you're thinking about your brother, you're thinking about mm. your, your child or your father. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the thing, you know, that kept gripping me during that time is, despite all the details in this, uh, was there was a child, mm you know, that was 18 year old, a senior, um, mm -hmm. like any other 18 mm -hmm. year old that has ups and downs in his life or whatever, but laid on the ground for four hours, mm -hmm. you know, like that right there. Um, so it, it just, it, I think it unleashed just so many systemic issues within that town. And when you know, the history of East Missouri, Missouri, you can't detach that from that. And mm. so I think that right there was the thing for me, looking at how the response was in this group. And I like to tell people that story is the story of the group in, in this sense where a lot of people who are doing Be The Bridge groups now, one of the things that they have to kind of um, conquer and one of the rules they set up, one of the values they set up is that of listening. Mm. And there was a lot of respect in that room, even if there was an agreement or understanding. Um, but what I like to tell people is that the white women in that room um, gave the people of color in that room the gift of listening. Wow, incredible insights. Don't go anywhere. We're going to pause for a quick moment and we'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Being a human is exhausting, and that's for everyone. It doesn't matter who you are or what you have. Life can really take a toll. One common stressor is how we give away our power. You can't control what someone else does or what happens to you, but you can control your controllables and how you choose to respond. That's how you keep your power. And therapy can help you do this. Therapy can help you learn how to do this. It's not a Jedi mind trick. It's learning what you're capable of. And as our resident therapist says, when life gives you lemons, you can either make lemonade or you can squeeze them into your eye. Your choice. You don't want to do that. You see, BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. 
and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. So let's go make lemonade. And I'm grateful that this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Be The Bridge listeners get 10% off. As you know, the work that we do in Be The Bridge, we need someone there to support us. We need a support system and BetterHelp can be that support system. BetterHelp.com slash Be The Bridge, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P. Hey friends, some of you remember me cracking jokes about essential oils. I thought it was a cult. You're going to be surprised that I finally found some essential oils that I like because I can make my own. I just use the candy cane oil from Simply Earth to make my own oils. There's a problem when it comes to oils. Sometimes they're too expensive and that's why I thought it was a funny thing. The solution was for me is that Simply Earth Essential Oil Recipe Box will help you gain confidence and clarity in using essential oils and how do you use them to eliminate toxins from your home? So how it works is similar to the recipe boxes that you get. So you receive the box with four essential oils. You'll get six recipe cards and extras. And then they'll teach you how to use the essential oils while making the recipes created by a certified aromatherapist. I didn't know that was a thing, but there is such thing as aromatherapist. Learn something new every day. Because you're making your own, you can save money and you can detoxify your life. And it's just simple. It's just like a meal subscription kit, but more fun and less edible. So Simple Earth's essential oils are 100% pure and come from the best farms all over the world. Because this is important because sometimes the cheaper ones, they're not pure and they can bring harm and bring toxins into your home. All of Simply Earth's essential oil recipes are tried and tested by in-house certified aromatherapists. And they have over 2,000 five-star reviews. Simply Earth gives 13% of their profits to help in human trafficking. The essential oils alone will cost over $100 from other companies. But with Simple Earth Essential Oil Recipe Box, you get four oils, six recipes, extra ingredients for only $39. This is what I'm talking about. You see, that's why I was suspicious because it was so expensive, but this is so inexpensive. And I love the smell of the candy cane. And it's great for this season. So using essential oils to support your wellness doesn't have to be overwhelming. Have fun making home toxin-free with Simple Earth's Essential Oil Recipe Box. Plus, get a free 80 milliliter diffuser when you subscribe using our URL. So all you have to do is go to simpleearth.com forward slash be the bridge and you'll get signed up for $39. What an incredible holiday gift to give someone this Christmas. Hey, Bridge Builders. I'm so excited to tell you about a tangible way that you can give back and provide hope this holiday season. As you know, Christmas is one of my favorite holidays and I love to give gifts. And one of my favorite things this year has been Thistle Farms. They make beautiful candles, bath and body products. Thistle Farms, they provide healing, housing and employment for women survivors of trafficking, prostitution and addiction. 
And this is how it works. They provide women survivors two years of free housing and resources, such as counseling, medical assistance, and legal advocacy. That is so important. I love their vision and mission for Thistle Farms. I encourage you as you're looking for gifts for your loved ones this holiday season to explore thistlefarms.org. Their products are simply wonderful. Giving them this holiday season is a tangible way that you can give back and you can be a bridge of hope for women survivors of systemic injustices. While you're there on their site, all you have to do is type in Be The Bridge when you check out and you will get a 15% discount. So not only are you giving to a great cause, you're also getting a discount as you give to that cause. And this is just for our Bridge Builder listeners. And so make sure you go to thistlefarms.org and support an awesome ministry that is giving back to so many people. Thanks for staying with us. Let's get back to our conversation. And what way uh, has our friendships um, <laughs> maybe challenged you? You know, like what ways, you know, what ways have I challenged you? Have I challenged mm. Oh, girl, I can't even imagine my life without you. I cannot imagine my life without you. And I mean that on so many different levels. I mean, we both started organizations around the same time. You are a dear friend when it comes to a leader that was in the trenches with me, building beside me. And we've been through a lot together, just behind the Mm -hmm. scenes as friends and leaders. And so there's the just, you know, regardless of what I've learned from racial reconciliation, having a co-laborer that's building beside you that we are just slugging it out in those early years of building something has been irreplaceable. But when it comes to racial reconciliation, from the moment we met, Tasha, you have you have pushed for me to understand. and And I mean that in the most gracious way because you've always had grace for me at the same time, but you pushed and you've been intentional about that pushing and you haven't um, let me fatigue or become apathetic. And it's the greatest, greatest gift because I believe in the work so much. And if I didn't have women of color beside me, educating me, helping me, pushing it along, I think I, I just don't trust myself. I would have, um, I don't know. I just I would have I would have rested on my privilege and and checked out. And instead, I just feel like I've been blessed to get to see the world through your eyes again and again and again. And what that's done for me is caused me to um, have greater empathy and to care so deeply. I mean, I t- I texted you last night. I forgot this was today, but or I would have just talked to you about it. But I watched Just Mercy last night and. <laughs> I know, I know, it was just getting good, right? Well, if you would like to hear this episode in its entirety, it's listed as episode 201. But before you go, go to the donors table if you'd like to hear the unedited version of this podcast. Thanks for listening to the Be The Bridge podcast. To find out more about the Be The Bridge organization and or to become a bridge builder in your community, Go to BeTheBridge.com. Again, that's BeTheBridge.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, remember to rate and review it on this platform and share it with as many people as you possibly can. 
You can also connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Today's show was edited, recorded, and produced by Trayvon Potts at Integrated Entertainment Studios in Metro Atlanta, Georgia. The host and executive producer is Latasha Morrison. Lauren C. Brown is the senior producer. And transcribed by Sarah Conitzer. Please join us next time. This has been a Be The Bridge production.